Hey, Cask Chasers, we'll start the show in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsor. Hi, I want to throw a tongue twister at you. Okay. All right. Cask Chasers Podcast. Cask Chasers Podcast. Cask Chasers Podcast. Cask Chasers Podcast. That's kind of difficult to say. A little bit. You know, it's not difficult to say. What's that? Black Tot Rum. Black Tot Rum. I did it. Yeah. Black Tot Rum. Black Tot Rum. Black Tot Rum. I drink it straight because it's glorious as a sipper, especially from a whiskey drinker's standpoint. But what you don't know is two weeks ago when it was your birthday, mm-hmm. I made a rum punch with black tot rum. You did? Yes. Orange juice, pineapple juice, some grenadine, some lime juice, and a whole bunch of black tot rum. I remember the punch. And how delicious was it? Super delicioso. Boom. Impex Beverages. Guess what we are? What? A proud sponsor of the Cask Chasers podcast. Cask Chasers podcast. Boom. <laughs> This is Alan Brody from Scotch Attic. Pour yourself a dram, settle in. This is the Cask Chasers Podcast. Cast chasers, uh, Bobby and I are unsupervised again. No Katie here to tell us what to do. Is this so, three episodes now without Katie? I think. I think something yeah. like that. Three, four, five. And I don't know. And we're making it. We and, can and walk we're on doing our own. it. We're doing it. I'm, I'm concerned that we haven't actually maybe pressed record on any of these. Is sort of my concern. Oh. And I, I see the little things going up and down. Anyway, Bobby and I are unsupervised. Um, so uh, today we actually asked somebody to come on that we've been following for quite some time. Um, he is the, he runs uh, Scotch Addict. Maybe on, you've heard of it. May, maybe you've heard <laughs> of it on Facebook, uh, Facebook group Scotch Addict. If you haven't checked it out, go check it out. Um, and he's also, uh, done, God, he just, he's just a font of whiskey information. Um, he primarily leans into scotch, but I mean, his bourbon knowledge and his knowledge about everything related to whiskey is really, uh, I'd, I'd say formidable. And I think we'll dive into it a little bit too, hopefully. But I mean, he's a, he's a self-proclaimed whiskey hunter. I call him to, when I explain Alan to people, I say he's the Indiana Jones of whiskey. Yeah, sure. Um, I literally <laughs> picture him out there, you know, swapping out the, for this unique bottle. Um, I think he's uh, working with some um, editorial stuff too, which we'll get into. Yeah, yeah. Um, some writing, and uh, I just think he's got a lot to share. And I'm I'm personally looking forward to this because, like a lot of people's journey in whiskey, Scotch Addict is where we all kind of start, especially in the me- social media world. It's, I think we called it like a nexus, almost it's a nexus, of where yeah. a lot of us are kind of a part of that community. And yeah. I reached out, and he's a Highland Park fan too, and I am. So I reached out one day, just out of nowhere. Hey, man. I like Highland Park. Let's chat. And he was just so open and willing to chat. A friendship kind of started there, and I really respect him. And now we have him on the show. Super excited about it. So, yeah, let's uh, let's invite him in, maybe. Yeah. Alan Brody. (laughs) What's up, up, buddy? How are you? Guys. How's it going, Bobby, Aaron, thanks for uh, having me on your show. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. Bobby was only only half joking about the Indiana Jones uh, situation. Alan is literally wearing a fedora right now. So, um, yeah. And and he's got a, an impressive an impressive spread of whiskey behind him as well. Are you in your Are you in your Scotch attic right now? 
I am. If you haven't, if you're not on, first off, if you're not on the Scotch, if you're on Facebook, you should be in Scotch. It's an amazing group full of a trillion people, um, but constant information, constant whatever. But while you're in there, if you haven't seen Alan's secret room, which we have been invited to officially, we just haven't made our way down there yet. Um, and I can't wait to peek in that thing. But you you built that, right, on your own? I don't know if contractors. It yeah, it's impressive. Secret door, the whole bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a fun play on words because his, his group is Scotch Addict and it's the Scotch Attic. Yeah. And I, I just really dig that. I, I, I said it out loud, oh, I get it when I first saw it. I said, oh, I get it. I love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, in kind of a celebration of this conversation, I'm drinking, uh, we're drinking uh, Highland Park 25 year. My wife got it for me um, a couple of years ago. And um, I am a little less than half a bottle, which is sad. But uh, I can promise that every drink, every dram has been with friends some by myself, but uh, so you can't promise yeah, that every dream yeah. has been with friends. One or two, maybe by myself, maybe four. I don't know. <laughs> While it's, you were crying in a corner, it's that or something. Um, you know, it's, it's yeah. fortunate that I uh, uh, discovered Highland Park early on in my uh, whiskey days, and uh, you know, you could find dusty bottles on shelves back there much more than the last couple of years, and so you know, I bought a lot of Highland Park eighteen. 25. I probably still have nine bottles at 25 year old and nothing under the 48.1. Wow. In fact, what I have here in this glass is a 1995 bottling. So uh, vintage 1970. And, you know, as you go back in those 25 years, uh, the older the iteration, the higher the ABV goes in the 25 years. So this one is 53.5%. But you'd be shocked if you tasted it. You wouldn't even, I mean, a 43% McAllen has more bite than this 53.5 Highland Park 25 does. Yeah. I have the the cast strength Highland Park, the new release. Haven't tried it yet. Um, We were going to, we were talking about opening it up on the show, but we, we haven't cracked it yet. They're, even their higher proof, it's just so well balanced and done. Because I've had higher proof whiskey that tastes like higher proof. It's just hot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kicks you in the head a little. A lot of bourbons are that way, too. But if it's well done, it's a great cask pick. You don't have to worry about it. You have this unique collection that's not only full of cool stuff and stuff you found. A lot of stuff from, I I guess we can say, the before time. Whiskey kind of did this upward evolution recently where it's spiked and now everybody's kind of doing it bottles are out you know allocated bottles are impossible to find price gouging people are paying stupid amount but really it's something you and i have talked about whiskeys some whiskeys are diminishing you're getting more chill filter you're getting more lower the proof to sell more product i i hope in highland park you know they're mass produced too it always breaks my heart to see some of these whiskeys change I haven't seen that change like you have, um, but I'm sure you've seen it. There's a big difference right now between, obviously, like you're saying, between Highland Park today and Highland Park back in the, you know, different bottle age. Right. right. Look at Glendronic just deciding exactly. to go exactly. uh, filtration to their core it's range. You know, not their single cast, but their core range. So, you know. It's heartbreaking. You know? I mean, I get it, too, because from a sales background and marketing, they got a business They're They got a bigger, I guess, customer base to feed and people want more and more of it. So supply and demand, 
But then the whiskey people like us at the same time, we, it kind of it's a bummer. It's just a true bummer. Well, yeah, and I mean, when you're when you're starting to try to appeal more to the masses, if you will, your the masses are looking for that you know that uh, super duper hyper consistency. You know, like between bottles, like I want this one to look exactly like this one to look exactly like this one. And to me, part of the fun of whiskey is, hey, you know. I, I know you like that. I, I know you like that whatever bottle, but you know one of the releases from six years earlier really blow your mind. You know, mm-hmm. and it's the same. It's the same core line. It's the same expression technically on paper. It's the same barcode, but I mean, to me, part of it is, oh wow, you know, have you tried the one this year? It, it'll really knock your socks off. Why well, a ninety-two? I think I sent you a picture of it, Alan. It was a ninety-two or ninety-four um, Brooklady fifteen-year, mm. um, and we were comparing that to. Um, I had the Cadbold fifteen. Just it was only fifteen I had, um, and it was distinctly a different whiskey that I've ever tasted. It was fattier. It was oil, you know, a lot of more oil, a little, a lot more mouthfeel. And I love Glimmeringy. I think they're doing great stuff. Mass produce, obviously, but that, that's maybe one of the, I don't want to say oldest whiskeys, but older bottling that I've ever had early nineties. Cause you know, I'm a nineties kid. I wasn't buying whiskey back then. Um, but that was one of the older ones. There is a difference. And it was kind of a bummer for me. And then to talk to you, you know, every time I show Alan a bottle, hey, I got this. He's like, it's nothing like it was back then. And I kind of get that. And it bums me out a little bit. Alan, could you talk about that a little bit? Just you've had years more whiskey experience than probably Bobby and I combined have had. Um, just like even just that in whether it's in core lines, whether it's whatever. The, I mean, some somebody thinks, you know, I'm, I'm going to go buy a Highland Park 20, since that's what we're all drinking, uh, I'm going to go buy a Highland Park 25 today. It's not going to be the same as a Highland Park 25 oh, yeah. 10 years ago. Could, could you just sort of speak to that in and of the in What's the it missing and, now? Yeah, what's it missing now and just sort of the industry in general and what, what changes? Let me preface this by saying I am, I have never been in the industry per se. Right. You know, um, <laughs> I'm not, I've never worked for a distiller or you know, which is why we tr- which is why we trust you. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I think that a lot of it has to do um, with the casks, really. Um, you know, the 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 it in it is my opinion that the quality of the casks of yesteryear were better, and the wood is older. I mean, everything. Even when you're building homes today, the lumber comes from you know. Lumber, the, the uh, for, uh, forest created for wood, and the trees don't grow as old. And when you're building casks from back in the day, you've got much older wood, and I think that imparts a different um, taste profile to the whiskey as it matures over the years. And I think that has a lot to do with the taste of the whiskey. So, and I, you know, um, in my group. There's so many conversations that go on, so many polls, and there's a lot of people that, for instance, like McAllen, um, people knew people newer to McAllen. Of course, now they're a big um, merchandising and, and promotional company, as is Highland Park. They're the same ownership, um, and they've both in the last couple of years come out with tons of releases. 
you know, Highland Park in the last three years, all these single casks that are, you know, 11 to 14 or 15 years old, mass produced for tons of groups and just stores and all over the place. And the same with McAllen, their non-age statement. And you get a lot of people saying, you know, McAllen's not high quality. It's, um, you know, it's not that good. I'd rather buy a Glendronic for a lot less or whatever. Um, and yes, I, I understand that. And a lot of it is just, it is a marketing ploy because scotch has grown so big in the last, you know, five to 10 years, especially the last five, six years, it's ridiculous. But you, you taste a uh, McAllen um, pre-95, let alone pre-89, it's a different animal. I mm. mean, before, you know, like many of the sherry casks before 1989 had Paxaret in it. And, you know, Paxaret is the precursor to E150, but Paxaret is a sherry, is a sherry, and it's, it's, um, it's probably, I think it's five to 7% alcohol, but it's almost a syrup and it would be sprayed into the staves of casks or a cup is added or sometimes a little more. And it really added a bump to the flavor. Those McAllen's pre-89, you taste that, though it's 43%, you're, you feel like you're drinking something that's 55% wow. and it's, a, it's impactful. I mean, you know, um, it's a world of difference from today's 18 to yesteryear's 18. And fortunately, when I got into whiskey, McAllen was one of the other uh, distilleries I really enjoyed. So I hunted those 18 year olds and you can see behind me right now that McAllen shelf. And most of those you're seeing that's within the camera shot are 18s. Uh, the most recent would be 95 going back to the 80s. I think there may be a 72 back in there. Um, but, you know, and now the prices are so prohibitive, you can't afford them. I've never paid more than $189 for a bottle of Mac 18. Yeah. Now some of those bottles are $2,000 for mm. or more. It's ridiculous. I'm not going to spend $2,000. on a. I don't make, you know, that kind of change to go and invest two grand in a bottle of whiskey you know nor should you nor should and i think the only and then sadly you know other than a handful of times that we have splurged on something the only time that we're going to taste something like that is either a we buy it by the glass b we drink it from a friend's house or we get it from an independent bottler which you know thank god for ibs because that's kind of the only way i'm going to get my hands on something like that but I have been lucky enough to taste something from that era, and it is different. It is clearly a different liquid and a different process or a different – it's interesting what you said about the barrels and the wood. I've never – I never thought of – I've never even read that before, it, but yet that makes all the it, sense It makes so much sense, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, absolutely. It, it is a different material. It's physically a different material, and when you get to mass-produced, you taste mass-produced sometimes, unfortunately. I mean, even this 25-year from 95, Scotch whiskey was not a big selling product back then. I mean, so, you know, that's the youngest age of that cast. There's older whiskey in that 25-year-old. And so you also saw more of that back in the day because it wasn't the money-making machine it is today. So they put older whiskey in. It didn't have the impact that, oh, we got to sell this 30-year-old. It wasn't, they weren't selling for the dollars they are today and didn't have the um, the uh, people wanting to buy the, the whiskey back then. So 
Now they're not going to do that. They're not going to stick 30-year-old whiskey in a 25-year because they're going to sell it as a 30-year. I think you see like some of the non-age statements that have supposedly older whiskeys, like the Signet. Um, I think it's up to like 40 years or something like that sure. blended in there. A but drop of it or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> teaspooned maybe. Um, and Morangi Signet. Yeah, yeah, which I you like. Know- Go ahead, go ahead. Which I like, but it's um, it's super light. It's fruity. It's I don't know that age is a part of that conversation. Um, it, I no, don't, it doesn't taste old. I, it tastes, I, t- I, when I bring when I bring it up, um, I, I really I really like that expression. Um, at least the ones I've had of it anyway. Like a dessert but I, whiskey, I guess. But yeah, mean. I mean, but uh, age is never part of my conversation yeah. there. Well, yeah. What were you gonna say? I ha- well, Glen Morangi. I'm not a big fan of Glenmorangie. It's not to say it's not good whiskey. It's just certain whiskeys don't match my palate. Gotcha, yeah. And though I was visiting down in L.A. a number of years ago, and one of the guys in the group owns a liquor store down there, and I stopped in to see him, and he brought me back into his office, and he had a Glenmorangie 18, probably an early 2000 or 90s release, and I liked that. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it was it was so different from the current – you know, this is probably four years ago or so, five years ago. Uh, but still, it was way different than that current uh, iteration of that bottle. So it wasn't bad. So I do have, just from finding them on shelves, I do have some older Glenmorangie because, you know, I'm finding something from the early 90s and it's $59. What am I? I have no, I have to buy, I have no choice. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I have to buy it. People, people don't understand it when we say stuff like that, though. Yeah. People are like, "What do you mean you have no choice?" You're like, "Well, I, how could you not? How could you not?" Even, even us, like our wives, like I'll, 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 I'll text a picture. Luckily, our our wives are very much whiskey enthusiasts as well. Uh, we'll text a picture. I'll be like, "I found this. How much? This much? Uh, you gotta get it then." You know, like it, it's like people just don't get that outside of like this kind of circle of whiskey enthusiasts. It's so funny. I asked somebody. Um, the other day, I was we were talking whiskey, of course, and I said, you know, I, I want some of the stuff that's still made the same way, I guess it was, quotation mark, or something that's still small scale made um, and not tainted by mar- big market. And I was told that, you know, your Glen Allocky, you know, that's one of the few that aren't, you know, I guess molested by the bigger companies yet, and they're kind of still doing it at a smaller scale. Sure. Well, I mean, um, they're they're not chill filtering. They're, yeah, you know, Springbank kind of still does it, hand bottling and all that stuff, even though they're getting kind of big now. So there's still whiskeys out there, right, that are still doing it. I guess that old way and producing. I I think Springbank is the only distiller that does everything in the process. Yeah, uh, everything. You know, the malt, everything comes. Right. Within yep. the region from them, which is kind of neat. Yeah, they're very mom. I, I love Springbank too. I do yeah. too. Super pricey, but uh, um, it but, wasn't a few years ago. Of course it was, not. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was a lot less, but it's it's like everything in the last couple of years. I mean, the Glen Fark was family cast. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, it's crazy. So much. It, it, I tell people. The struggle here is really with bourbons, and we're seeing it with bourbons. And it's like you can almost tell bourbon drinkers the same thing's going to happen with bourbons that happen with scotch. These things are going to take this skyrocket and go to a place that's going to have to be mass produced and yada yada yada. I, I don't know. I get I get burned out by well, the I mean, whole. We we just had we just had the conversation a couple of weeks ago about um, was Elijah Craig? Yeah, removing the what, what was the twelve year 
The 12, yeah. Yeah, Elijah Craig, they, they had to stop making the 12 year. And I mean, that that was, I think, a, a, a PR nightmare. People lost their mind. Yeah, I mean, they. But I'm like, do you want mass produced or do you want quality? And right. that's, you know, so. Right. It's, so, I mean, it, that, that's the only thing that's going to happen is you're, you're going to start seeing stuff that is, you know, a, a little more mass produced, a little lower ABV, maybe not with your age statements and stuff on it, because they can't keep up with how popular everything's gotten. But the, the, mm. the point is, I think, they need to communicate that, right? They need to say, hey, we're super happy that you love our whiskey. We don't have enough of it. Give us some time to recoup. You're going to see some years of more of this non-age statement stuff. But you know what? Once we see that it's, that it's you know, getting more popular, we see that it's not going away. Let us, you know, let us sort of regroup and then you'll get more of your age stated stuff. You'll get more of this. And I think it's just different. Com- some companies are handling really well. Some companies are not. I don't know that Glendronic's doing a good job. I, I don't know either. Of yeah. handling that whole issue because the masses seem to be pretty upset about it. Right. Well, and, and people that are people that are not super zoomed into whiskey the way you are, Alan, the way we are, the way people in our groups are, um, they they don't they don't get it, you know? And if if you don't get it and it's being marketed wrong, it's just it's just a slap in the face, yeah. you know? Yeah. Hey Chasers, Aaron here. I wanted to talk about our sponsor, Wilderness Trail Distillery. If you want a great whiskey without the fake legends and made-up history, try some Wilderness Trail Fine Kentucky Bourbon. It's made by master distiller Shane Baker and fermentation expert Pat Heist, who you've heard on the podcast, at their distillery in Danville, Kentucky. They make a weeded bourbon, a high rye bourbon, and a Kentucky-grown rye whiskey. Wilderness Trail is offered in bottled in bond or cask strength. It's non-chill filtered, and the mash bill is on the side of every bottle, so you know what you're buying. This is real information. Not some magical recipe or who Shane's great-great-grandpa is. I'm telling you, keep an eye out for Wilderness Trail in your favorite store. If you happen to see a barrel pick or special release of Wilderness Trail on the shelf at your store, grab it. It's not going to last long. If you want more information, check them out online at wildernesstraildistillery.com. You know, obviously you're, you you head up one of the most, if not the most popular whiskey group in the in Facebook land. I don't know anyone that's into whiskey that's not in Scotch Attic. I I, I mean that. I think we mm. all kind of come together there. Um, I know all, people that don't like Scotch that are in that Scotch are in Scotch Attic. Attic yeah. Yeah. Um, even bourbon people find their way into Scotch Attic. So you really have a huge following, and it's I mean, huge is an understatement to be honest. It's where I started. You know, from my early beginnings in whiskey. I always drank it in the military and everything. Thank you for your service. Thank me for my service, yeah. Um, But in the military, you know, I drank whiskey at the bar whenever with everyone else, but I didn't start appreciating it until a few years ago. And that started, that journey started in Scotch Attic. Um, Can you talk a little bit about how that started? And I'm curious, was that at the same time? And not to bring up old schoolness, but um, the, uh, you know, the whiskey hunter aspect, the part of your journey, those kind of parallel. Can you talk about those things a little bit? Sure. Well, early on when I got into scotch, before I was into scotch, I was into cigars and as heavily as I am into scotch, I was passionate about cigars too. So it got where I, you know, got a few and then I joined a bunch of cigar clubs and it was really popular back then. And uh, eventually I started with what's called igloo doors. Everyone was making, taking igloo um, coolers and turning them into humidors by putting cedar shelves in them because there's little slots and making a little oasis or whatever it's called to 
to control yeah. the humidity. And I have those around the house. So eventually I ended up getting a six foot tall humidor, custom humidor. I had 1500 cigars, pre-embargoes. And then I quit smoking because uh, I smoked cigarettes too. So I quit smoking cigars too. And um, it was hard to find people around. There was no Facebook then or social media was news groups. Yeah. So when I got into, uh, and I did was not into whiskey at that time, even smoking the cigars, but late 2000, I'd say 2009, 2010, I started getting a little bit more into uh, scotch. And I guess um, towards 2012 or 13, I started looking for whiskey groups where I was living in the Bay Area in San Francisco. And even though I went to and started getting to know some of the store owners, I couldn't find any groups. I mean, I searched for a couple of years and just couldn't find that society. There was no groups on Facebook for Scotch then. Um, and then eventually, uh, Scotch Addict, I did not start Scotch Addict. Mm. Jim Wayne started Scotch right. Addict. And I joined maybe two weeks after it started. There were a couple dozen people. And... Um, I just uh, was very passionate about it. And I was looking for a release because I had been looking a couple of years and I really wasn't hunting that much, but I was getting, starting to get passionate. So I started uh, just, um, you know, again, with so few people, if you can imagine that, you know, you know, there's like five posts a day or something. Now we have 170,000 a month yes, yes. comments and posts a month, but you know, then it's a little different. So um, uh, I just got very active and, um, eventually within a couple months, I started being more kind of domineering and, t uh, uh, being more in the face of people. Jim had, um, been doing a newsletter, um, that came out once a month to people that joined the group, they would subscribe, but that stopped after a while. And I just got more involved to where, you know, I started really being the, the face of the group and Jim is in finance and does a blog with that and kind of his direction went towards there. And my knowledge increased uh, much more than Jim's because I had, you know, I was just much more passionate. And so early on, I tell stories, you know, I, I, uh, I do disaster response and recovery and did it on a national level. So I would travel to large loss disasters around the country and anything that said liquor, I would stop it. You know, grocery store, mom and pop, um, Mexican party stores, whatever. If it said liquor, I'm <laughs> stopping it. So I would tell these stories in the group of these bottles I found. And early on, it wasn't as general as it is today. <clears throat> Excuse me. You had... Um, some serious collectors in that group early on. There were, um, I forget the name of the group off the top of my head, but I have some newspaper clippings. There were some guys from around the world, South Africa and a couple other places. And these guys would travel around the world hunting bottles way before anybody else did. And some of those guys were in the group. And a number of those guys left because the group just got too generalized. And you know, we have so many new people joining every day, every month, every year that um, it was either, you know, what direction do we want the group to head? Is it going to be more for the general public or do we start filtering out those people asking the basic questions 
which they ask over and over, over and over yeah. again, you know, and some people can't tolerate that and they can't seem to move on from the post and it just affects them for some reason. You know, there's so many posts you can read, but you know, if somebody sees something they don't like, some people have a problem just scrolling past and must make a negative comment or whatever. Yeah. But, but so I tell these stories early on and they started uh, calling me the whiskey hunter. So people in the group kind of gave me that moniker and there weren't many YouTube guys or people doing uh, videos then. Um, Ralphie was around then um, and a few others. And uh, so they said, you should, you should start doing some YouTube reviews. And so I, I started to do that. I haven't done one in about four years, um, but I probably did 40 or 50 and they're on there is the whiskey hunter. And, uh, you know, and so that was fun. And so that's kind of how that moniker got started. And, um, and I would just, I probably have over 300 two ounce sample bottles yeah. of kind of exclusive whiskeys. And a lot of the whiskey I bought was based on things I tried first. So I, I probably have over 300 full size bottles in my collection, probably north of that. But a lot of those I tried before buying, or I really understood the character of that distillery and knew, you know, like the Highland Park I started searching for. And my first bottle that really got me into it was Royal Salute 21 year. And I tended to pair that with my cigars back then and port uh, wine, different ports, not much whiskey, but I always had a bottle of Royal Salute 21 year. So that's what started me down my path. So I always keep a bottle of Royal Salute 21 year open that's and I always nice. have one in the bunker. I like that. Um, yeah. And that's kind of what started me down my path. And then, uh, and then with Isla's just to jump to there, I was in a holiday, uh, uh, what hotel, a Marriott. And they had this bar on the second floor there and they had unbelievable whiskey in this bar. It was shocking. And the bartender turns out that he's like a scotch aficionado. So he brings me, he goes, here, I want you to check this out. And pours a little bit in a, in a glass. And he had a Glencairn back then, which was shocking. Yeah. I mean, barely anyone knew what it was. Yeah. Little, a bartender doesn't know what Glencairn, but half of the bartenders don't even know. I mean, we know much more than most bartenders. Sure. Know? Yeah. So, uh, so he put it on the counter and it, what it was, was a Brucladi uh, PC7. Oh, older. So, yeah. yeah. So PC, it's Port Charlotte, yeah. but it's not the Port Charlotte. People get confused. They they hear Port Charlotte. The PC is the cast strength series, and that's how it's designated. And I have PC six, PC five, PC seven. And when I smelled that, when that hit the countertop, and I <laughs> nosed that, I I was like, oh my god, what the hell is that? And the 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 aromatics of that whiskey. Um, of the bonfire, it's not dirty like uh, a younger Laphroaig or something. It was just really a very sweet, powerful bonfire smell that just did it for me, you know? And I was like, I couldn't get enough of that nose. So that started me down my path to Brucolati. So then I started hunting those bottles, you know, and that's kind of how all that happened. I I um I love your conversations you have in the group, and I love some of the the people in the group because they have a well a, a wealth of knowledge but some of their collections or the things they've found or you, i mean you just get jealous of seeing it 
like every group, though, you have the people that are going to ask the same nuanced questions. I I don't hate hate the questions. The questions do get redundant, but I think it's just people trying to have a conversation. And one of the things to your point earlier is if somebody's asking that question that you know um, they have, uh, I got this great single malt. I can't wait to drink it, and it's a you know Johnny Walker Blue Label. You don't start ripping that guy in half. You just have a hey man, I'm glad you're enjoying it. A little word of knowledge, though, that's actually not a single, you know, and you start going down that and you just start educating, whatever. You're not supposed to beat that guy up. You dumb piece of shit. You I worthless. <laughs> that, the, the search engine in the in that in the group has more. Inf- it retains all the information yeah. Yeah. when the group started. If, if it, you find more using the search engine and scotch addict than you will using Google. Yeah, I believe that 100 percent. Can we? Are we going to see a resurrection of the uh, of the whiskey hunter? Is that is that something that can that could possibly come back? I don't it's know. possible. I'm, I'm kind of working on uh, uh, doing um, more Scotch Attic themed uh, yeah. production of something, and so I do have like um, I have in the works Scott or set aside. Scotch Attic Instagram, Scotch Attic Twitter, Scotch Attic uh, YouTube. Yeah. Uh, whether I use that or switch the name from the Whiskey Hunter to Scotch Attic, I don't know. But you know, I've gotten so many requests for merchandise and and all that. And you know, we have that logo. It's that's awesome our logo. Now. I love yeah, the logo. Yeah, thanks. Oh, logo's awesome. And um, and so you know, I want to do something with some merchandise, and and so I've been working on getting that together, which which will happen soon. And I've really wanted to get casks for the group. And that's been a challenge over the last two years. And I've, I've, uh, I don't want to say which distilleries, but I've had some distilleries send me stuff and it just, um, I'm looking for, you know, um, not your average bottle, something that would be that I would try and go, I've got to have that bottle. And so I've done some polls in the past years, like asking the members, you know, if I, if we were to get a cast, would you spend up to a hundred, a hundred to 200 to, you know, kind of an idea, would you be interesting more than one bottle? And uh, it really doesn't matter if it was a hundred or 300, I get as many people saying I'd buy that, I'd buy that. Yeah. Um, so um, I've, I just haven't uh, found the quality I'm looking for, for the group yet. And I've been working with Highland Park the last two months on a corporate level and that's a challenge to do. Number one, I'm trying to do a tasting for the group with Mark, you know, Martin. Yeah. Yeah. Global. So yeah. I've known, I've been friends with Martin since the beginning of Scotch Attic and he has helped me um, a lot with identifying different Highland parks. Like I, when I was hunting early on, I find an older 25 or an older 18, a squat bottle or a, a dumpy bottle. And yeah. I go, what's in that Martin. And then Martin's telling me, well, that's 85% Spanish uh, cask the, uh, with first fill, 55% first fill. The guy, you want to talk about a wealth of information about Highland Park, Martin is that. So then, like, I put little tags on my bottles uh, of uh, when I bought it, where I bought it at, what I paid. And then if they're Highland Parks, I put the information Martin's told me on the little that's tags. Awesome. Oh, that's Remember, awesome. Yeah. You know, what the what composed that or he'll tell me oh yeah that 18 had uh 21 year highland park in it because it's so old so i you know i have a lot of those older 18 year 
uh, bottles from the mid early 2000s and the 90s because they were $79, $80. And I'd buy everyone I saw in a store. I mean, my everyday drinker was Highland Park 18. When I went to the golf course, I'd fill the flask with Highland Park 18. <laughs> yeah. So I still have, you know, a dozen Highland Park 18s. Do you, all older bottles. Do you enjoy, I'm not as big of a, I, I like all Highland Park, don't get me wrong. And I, I like the 18, but um, I don't find the newer 18 year, the newer releases as satisfying. Um, I actually prefer the 15, which they discontinued to the 18, um, which I think a lot of people do. They kind of miss the mark there. I hate saying that. I hate talking crap on them because I love them so much, but. Well, but I mean, if, you know. if you're going to talk crap on somebody, talk crap on one of your favorite distilleries. Yeah, you yeah. know, you, you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I mean, that's 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 what makes us but enthusiasts. Not, that's what makes us fans. Is where yeah. that, that it's it's called uh, um, it's called uh, uh, we're we're we 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 have we have integrity. You know, yeah. <laughs> I think I think. But I don't. I'm not alone. Called. It's not a one off. I think no, a lot no. of people feel that with a new 18 year, the newer 18. Year. I've, I've never tried during COVID. I you know. No one's really getting together. Yeah, right. As a matter of fact, one of the members of Scotch Addict's birthday is next Friday, and he lives in my town. We have not met yet. He's been in the group about a year and a half. And so his birth, for his birthday, he's uh, he made a post in the group a few days ago, and he mentioned my name in it. And he goes, maybe Alan Brody will come over yeah. and share this. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I don't get it. It's a, it's a uh, McAllen 18-year Grand Reserva. Wow. Grand Reservas were only uh, um, bottled for the uh, the uh, Asian market, wow. and so so it's from seventy. It's a seventy nine Grand Reserva eighteen year old. Nice. It's as dark as prune juice, you know. And so I'll be at his house next Friday. <laughs> yeah, that's how you get. That's how you get. That's Alan right. That's right. But 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 I'm mentioning that because I've never tried the newer eight Highland Park eighteen year, the newer iteration that bottling. So I don't even know what it tastes like. I don't know what the newer high, the newer McAllen 18-year-olds taste like either because I don't have any. I've never even tasted the uh, the Highland Park you're drinking there, that lower age statement. Yeah. I've never tried one of those. This this is uh, – so I don't know if I said it before, but I'm drinking the 25-year Highland Park, but it's the 45.7%. Um, so I don't – I think it's the 18. I, I'm not sure. Maybe the 19, 2018. I believe it's 2018. Anyway, um, it's superb. I could find the year if I wanted to. It's a 19. Um, really superb. The 18, the 2019, 2019, 2018, or 18 year release is the one I have. And it's flat to be candid. It's, it's, it's good. It's just not, you know, what I paid for. I'm kind of like, man, I could have got something else. Right now, my shtick with Highland Park is I'm trying to find the unique special location releases. So Sweden had a special release, Germany. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to I'm gonna say it on the air because no, I don't care. Uh, people sending me stuff like that. <gasps> I was in the airport uh, with my wife and we found a special release. It was a 17 year. I can't remember the name of it because they're really funky names. Um, but the classic burlap sack, all that stuff. And I wanted it. I was like, oh my God, I wanted this so bad. But it was an international. You had to be an international flight to right, get it. Yeah. So I, I was holding the bottle. I had the money, and the, I didn't know that aspect of flying because I'm, I guess, I'm an idiot. Um, but the guy there was like, "Sir, unless you're flying international, you can't, you can't purchase that." You were like, was, Dana, buy a ticket. It was the <laughs> yeah. We're, we're we're going to wherever foreign, but um, 
it was such a bummer because I was holding this bottle and I was like, it was a hundred bucks. It was a 17 year old. I, I can't remember if it was just something I've never That's seen before. And I was just like, oh my God. And I literally put it back on. It was, what airport was that at? Orlando. It was at the Orlando International Airport. Right there. Um, right beside the cash register, if you live in Orlando. Right beside the cash register. Shoot right across. There's a the whiskey section. It's sitting right in the middle. If you can find your way to get it, listeners, I'll pay for it. But uh, you have to be international flights, apparently. So anyway, so that's my thing right now. Then I found an IB, like I told you before, um, uh, exclusive mall Orkney 17-year, which I'm a 99% sure is Highland Park. Could be Scapa, but I'm pretty sure it's Highland Park. Um, from what I'm understanding, my research, and then talking to some people I know, it seems like that's what it is. Um, so things like that are what I'm kind of falling into now, which led me down the IB path. So that's where I'm at. Mm. Um, oh, there was a reason I was mentioning, uh, the Royal salute 21 for another reason, getting started on that and starting on 21 year whiskey. When I started searching things out, I was looking for like 18 years and over. So as my journey began and I'm drinking that when I went to those distilleries and tried the 12 year it paled in comparison. So I shied away from a lot of the 12 year McAllen Highland park, just a lot of these 12 year, not to say they're not good, but I'm getting weaned on the 18 year. And there is a substantial difference between a Highland park 12 and a Highland park 18. Sure, oh, that yeah. extra six years in the cask, you know, makes that thing 30% better. Then you go from an 18 to a 21 well, 21 is a little different, but 18 to a 25 Highland Park, and then it jumps exponentially again, another 25%, 30% better. Then you get to a 30-year-old, and then it gets better. That, but the th then I started getting some of the IBs, Cadenhead and some others, yeah. and, and they're a great distiller, but they could never equal the official bottling of the same age statement. And, and I found that in Highland Park that no IB was as good as the OB yeah. of that same year, unless it was a single cask, then it's a different animal. But then if you can obtain the mid 2000 single casks, like this one that I'm showing you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is released. Oh, that's backwards too on this cam. No. This is released. Oh in, He's holding up in, an older. I'll let you tell him. Yep. Yeah. This is released in 2006. It's a vintage 1977. It's a 29-year-old single cask uh, bottled by Albert, who's the owner of Old Oak Cigar in L.A. It doesn't say Albert on here, but I know him. In fact, I got these bottles from him. Um, and he said he tried 30 different casks back in 2005 before he chose that. But that's one of the best Highland Parks I've ever tasted. And it's uh, and I have another bottle of this close, thankfully. And that, They're not that available except at auction, but it's... Um, 48.5% cask 7957, I believe. What an amazing whiskey. So those single casks are another animal yeah. themselves, much different than what you're finding in the last couple right. of years. Yeah. Alan's hunting stories. I've only heard a couple of them. They're amazing. You have one in, can you squeeze one in? The one in, uh, I think it was in, I'm going to let you pick because I heard one. I want you to tell one that I haven't heard. Okay. Before. One of the best ones was I was coming through South San Jose in California from a job and I saw a Mexican party store and it's liquor flashing. So of course I'm compelled to go in. And let me say that uh, in a number of my reviews I did, I had 
spy sunglasses where it had a hidden camera uh, in the middle of the glass. And I'd go in and wear those glasses. Of course, I'd make 25 visits and find nothing, but occasionally I find something and capture it on hidden camera. So that's pretty cool if, you, yeah, if anyone yeah. ever goes and checks it out. But anyway, so I'm at a Mexican party store and there's pinatas hanging. It's narrow, it's long. The cases on each side are dusty, full of little tchotchkes. But there's a tall cabinet behind this countertop cabinets. And I notice uh, a uh, Oban tube. You know, I think it's an Oban 18 or 14. Um, and I can't really see it. And she doesn't even speak English, the girl behind the counter. And she's on the phone up front talking to someone. So I motion her over and she opens up and takes the container and brings it to me. And I open the box. I'm not really even looking at the year on the sticker, $79. And, uh, and I open it and I see what's in it. And I never even heard of this open, but I quickly paid for it and left. And then I researched it when I got home. So it was released one year. It was an open 32 year. Oh my God. One year release only. And the value was, I don't know, 1800, 2000, wow. it was $79. What it was doing in a Mexican party store full of dust because the container was all dusty. It was marked like it was an open 14. And that was one of the best finds I had. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. I have heard that story before. O- that... Open's one of my favorite distilleries. And I remember hearing that story. From that, open that's rep, insane. that open rep probably lost his job <laughs> if he ever heard that. <laughs> How did you get that bottle in? That's amazing. Crazy. Yeah, oh, there's so many more. We'll, we'll definitely have you back on because uh, those stories go on forever. But um, hey, man, again, always a pleasure. And uh, it was a pleasure. And uh, if you're listening, I'm going to let... Alan do his pitch, but if you're not in Scotch Attic, you're missing out. What Absolutely. A, what a group. Absolutely. But, yeah. Well, well, uh, real, real quick, Alan, just p- pitch whatever you want people to look at, whether it's Scotch Attic, oh. if you want to resurrect a YouTube channel, if you want to pitch your kid's softball team, whatever. It's your, shine, it's your uh, monthly thing to shine, yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks. So Scotch Attic, you know, we, we uh, I ask anybody that, you know, promotes in there to mention our group and share as you guys are here with me, uh, the community, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we don't allow any hate, any of that stuff. It's, it's all love. Like I like to say, Pete and love, Pete and love. And, um, you know, it's a good place for Scotch whiskey enthusiasts to meet. And there's a lot of activity. You can learn a lot. And I, uh, you know, just look for Scotch addict, A-D-D-I-C-T and join me. And then if you ever want to see any of my reviews, the Whiskey Hunter, no E in whiskey on YouTube. There's another The Whiskey Hunter that kind of took my name. I sent him a message, but he's yet to respond back to me. I think he's got an underscore between one of the words or something. But um, And then uh, I would just say, you know, I'll put when the time comes, I'll promote in the group when there's a Scotch Attic uh, product that is relative to the group then that will be promoted in there but that's not yet but that is coming in the near future cool awesome right on man all right buddy appreciate it all right guys thanks again i appreciate it all right we'll talk to you soon all right chasers that'll do it for this episode but we'll see you again next week in the meantime make sure to follow us on facebook instagram and twitter at cask chasers you can also join our facebook group And don't forget to check out our website, caskchasers.org, for show notes, Cask Chasers swag, and more. And until next time, remember, it's not about finding the perfect dram, it's all in the chase.